It's funny because Steve remembers it as a phone call. And I remember it, sending him a text that night. And honestly, we Skyped a ton. I literally think it was a Skype message that I sent, but I don't know, of saying, hey, this is where I'm at. I know you have mentioned, like I said, coming home to Boise. I feel like that might be for me. I don't know if it is. If it is, do it now because I'm going to fall in love with somebody else. What's up, everybody? This is Matt here with the Husband-in-Law Podcast. This is where we share our stories of love, ex-love, marriage, ex-marriage, divorce, ex-divorce, and coming out of a closet that needed to be opened, and so much more. This podcast is for those who are looking to up their relationship game by understanding first yourself, and then others, like your wife, your husband, and your wife's ex-husband, on a whole new level. Welcome to the Husband-in-Law Podcast. Let's get this party started. All right, so today we are going to start off with a couple of reviews. These reviews are brought to you by Kay Brockner. She says, or he says, great listen. I've listened to all the episodes and love the positivity and acceptance they offer. Being able to co-parent so beautifully is very commendable. Way to go for following your dreams and being open to sharing yourself with the world. That can be hard with everyone's opinions. True. Hoseman. Nice. <laughs> Hoseman says, love the love. I have been in love with this podcast since the very first episode. It's binge worthy. I find myself excited for the next episode to drop. I love the message they're spreading. Love everyone. Show and spread kindness. That's exactly what we're trying to spread. Awesome. Thank you for the reviews, you guys. We really appreciate it. If you can, please go drop us a review and a rating. It really helps. And yeah. It helps us stay motivated. Helps us stay motivated. It helps other people find us. Did you want to say something, you, Steve? Steve? You looked like you were going to say something. I was going to say husband-in-law. Binge-worthy. Binge-worthy. <laughs> <laughs> Steve's not feeling very well today. Yeah. So we, we decided to give him the orange couch, the orange chair. I am in the comfy chair, feet kicked up, snuggled up in a blankie. <laughs> Matt didn't even call him a princess. Oh, I forgot to. <laughs> <laughs> Bow down to your princess. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I think our trip down to Salt Lake City was great. It was great. Yeah, it was fun. The three of us went different times. Yep. But all together. And we got to record on Listen, Learn, and Love podcast, which is awesome with Richard Osler. That wasn't while we were in Salt Lake. Oh, <laughs> no. Dang it. I'm mixing them up. We recorded with Jill human, Hazard Rowe. Human Stories. On Human Stories. Yeah. So, yeah, both awesome podcasts. Go check them out. Human Stories, Listen, Learn, and Love. Have either of those aired yet? No. They probably will by the time this episode Probably by is the released. time this airs, they will be out. When are they airing? I don't know for sure. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, those two are both coming, which is awesome. And then we were also able to interview with Roxanne Kennedy. And uh, that's not her last name anymore. Granada? I don't, I don't remember. Sure that's her last name. I've known her for years as Roxanne Kennedy. But that one aired last week. We hope you guys enjoyed that. If you didn't get a chance to listen, go listen to her. She talks a lot about healing how to heal yourself while in a relationship with an addict or honestly with 
in a relationship with anybody. You got to figure out how to heal yourself before you can show up for yourself and the other person in that relationship. And I did like that what she had to say about healing. I think it applies to so much more than the specific circumstances that she healed from, which was harmful marriage to a porn addict. But I think it applies to so many other scenarios of just dealing with, coming to terms with, moving on from any any, any personal harm done in a past relationship. I totally yep. agree. It's awesome. Spot on. All right. And then we just had fun. The other two podcasts I I think are cool because they're both put on by, um, you know, Richard Oswald's a devout Mormon who like just saw a need to give a space for LGBT people to share their stories yep. and for Mormons to just increase their understanding on those issues. And um, Jill's is much a little more liberal, I would say. Yeah. And but very much along the same lines of wanting people to know what it's like for someone to uh, someone in the someone who's gay or trans or whatever to grow up in the Mormon church and what that's like as a coming out experience. Yep. Good stuff. Steve literally looks like he's going to fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> I will after we record. I'm going to go take a nap. <laughs> and Penny asked us to record for two and a half hours so she can watch Harry Potter. <laughs> so per Penny's request, you're getting a super long episode today. Probably not. She's going to be disappointed. <laughs> That's like all she's done the last two days. We've had a very chill Christmas break for sure, which I have loved. Yep. Yesterday I fed the cookie or the kids lunch and they got cookies, cuties, string cheese. Goldfish and popcorn. Oh, good job. Thanks. All of the main food groups included there. (laughs) Pretty much. (laughs) They thought it was awesome. I'm sure they didn't complain. So yeah, very chill. All right. So I want to get back into the timeline. Okay. Where we are at chronologically with all of our stories. And we actually, I think, are pretty much in the same place. You are officially divorced now. Steve and I are officially divorced now. And we're all kind of starting back into dating with the new year. You had already been dating for a little while. Yeah. Yeah. And we kind of talked about that some. A little bit. But again, we weren't in each other's lives yet. No. No, we did not know Matt yet. Steve and Jessica did not know Matt yet. Matt had not joined us. Nope. (laughs) But I was thinking back to that. And I remember... Like right after Steve and I got divorced, somebody came up to me and was like, hey, at church, hey, I was wondering if you are ready to start dating. And I was like, yes. I swear it was the Sunday after we got divorced officially. Who asked that? <laughs> One of the guys at church. He, okay. I think he had actually previously been our bishop. He's like, I know this guy. I think you guys would get along well. And I think he helped in the young singles wards. Like he was a... He was over those wards, so he helped in in that congregation. Who is this guy? Who came up to you? Yeah, which bishop? Why? Why? I believe it was a blazer. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I was just curious. I'm trying to put... It was in Hillside Ward, not... So before the ward you and I met in, Matt. So he lined you up with somebody. He lined me up with somebody. And the funny thing was, this guy's roommate was somebody I had worked with when I was married to Steve. And we had set his roommate up with Steve's little sister, like probably three years before that or something. It was so funny. And so the roommate actually contacted me 
was like to kind of ease into things because they'd given his roommate my number. It's super funny. So I ended up going to FHE family home evening, like a get together Monday night with these two guys, a young single adult adult ward. Family home evening. These guys were pretty close to my age. They were only like a year or two younger than me. But oh my gosh, it was so weird. Why it was, was fun. it weird? I had a good time. What What was the activity? I know we did s'mores at somebody's house. It was like January. What? Okay. So and then we ended up going to get like Taco Bell for dinner or I something just, after I just that. love that your first experiences back to being single was... Oh my gosh. Your first New Year's single, you went to a young women's event at It church. wasn't young women's. That's what you said. No, you said it was young women's. <laughs> and then for your first actual date, you go to family home evening. It wasn't a date. <laughs> they just asked me to come hang out because it was the two of them. Wait, did he pay like for Taco s- Bell or did you? <laughs> I don't even know who or paid did for Taco the Bell. <laughs> or did the ward. <laughs> was it provided <laughs> as refreshments? Uh, it was weird though because... <laughs> Treats. I I think maybe like one other person there had probably been married before and they were all relatively young, like between the ages of 18 and 27. I was probably the older one, oldest. I was like, this is so bizarre. But it was fun. It was a good intro back into dating. I did go out with... So was there a second date? Yes, there was an official so second date. So she called it a date. Okay, there were actually... Oh. <laughs> there were actually second dates with both of them. <laughs> oh my. So I kind Ooh, of... Ooh, do tell. Like a little healthy roommate <laughs> drama. <laughs> I had fun. I'm good at dating. You're just changing the subject. <laughs> well, the one guy stopped like calling after a while or i would let him know hey i'm free i don't have penny these nights did you kiss both of them on their first date not on the first date but you did kiss them both yeah i've made out with both of them who are these boys (laughs) is one of them the music teacher guy yes oh okay (laughs) and so and i dated him mostly i just went out with his roommate a couple times Hmm. so i started going out with him i met him once at the music teacher birthday Yes. The one with the multi-layer cake. That's all I remember about that birthday party was the amazing cake and weird Jessica has a boyfriend here. I don't remember him being there. He was. Hmm. So that was like the following year. Yeah, November. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I, same year, but the I, is a different guy. But I dated several guys off and on from like right at the beginning of when I got divorced until basically you and I got married, Matt. <laughs> like there were a few guys that just kind of hung around and I would go out with randomly. And like, I think all of them thought it was more serious than it was, but literally they would call me every like four or five weeks or whatever to go out. And I was like, okay, if you want to date me, date me. Don't play games. And I just made this post. Like at this point, isn't there like a in sync song like that? <laughs> if you just want to date me, date me. No, quit playing games with my heart. Oh, quit playing. You gonna Can sing, you sing that for us? Now? Yeah. <laughs> quit playing games Eyes with closed. my heart. <laughs> my. <laughs> really get into it. <laughs> yeah. You gonna keep going? No, I'm done. <laughs> um. I do remember you expressing like frustrations with dating of like guys that you thought 
you had a good connection with and you thought they were going to like make a move and you just wouldn't hear from them for weeks and then they'd show up out of the blue again. All of a sudden, and you're like, back. sorry, boys, I moved on. I'm dating somebody else now. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, was I... that your experience though? Like there was like a lot of guys that just wouldn't make the move. Yes. It was so frustrating because they all, I knew they liked me and were interested, but it was like, they wouldn't do anything. They'd go out with me and then I'd think it was over and tell, oh yeah, I'm not going to hear from him again. And then like three or four weeks later, they're like, hey, do you want to go out? And I'm like, what the heck is going on here? And I remember you like bringing up that like when we dated, we met, we went out the next night and every night after that. Yeah. (laughs) And that's kind of how And that's what you were wanting someone to do. Yeah. And that's kind of how it had been with guys I dated before. Like if I went out and they liked me, I got a call the next day or within a week of, hey, I'd like to take you out again. And so it kept moving instead of like this huge lull. So in your mind, what do you think the reasoning is behind all of that? Um, I think it was partially just I wasn't the right girl for them, probably. And secondly, just guys not wanting to make a commitment. I don't know. I'm sure it was a combination of those two. You know, it was fun, but maybe I wasn't exactly what they were looking for, but they did like me. I mean, I went out with these several of these guys, like I said, for months, almost a year, probably over a year, but it was like super hit and miss. Mm. And I remember, yeah, I'll get into that later, but it was just <laughs> so frustrating. And I was very new dating again obviously so it was fine like I didn't need an intense relationship right then but I did get one pretty quick (laughs) yeah you did and you were pretty serious with someone real quick yeah by like like how quick uh not as quick as me (laughs) (laughs) so by Valentine's Day that year I was dating a guy pretty exclusively and I think I had ticked off the other guys or the one you kind of told a few of them off and yeah yeah I remember you, yeah. So I started dating this guy pretty regularly, and he took me out like a super fancy Valentine's date, which Ooh, I wasn't expecting. It was some French restaurant. I don't think it's around anymore. And like one of the places that I wasn't used to being able to spend that much on a meal. <laughs> and so I remember sitting there and looking at him like, I can't even look at the prices because it's freaking me out. And I had hardly any money at this point too. So like it was a, it was like kind of a stretch to think, okay, this isn't my money. I don't have to worry about where it's going. Like it's his and he knew how much it was, but it was really fun. Went up to Bogus Basin afterwards, made out in his car for a while. Yeah. Oh, okay. And that's the night I text Steve. And said, hey, things are going places with this guy. I'm going to end up falling in love with somebody else. You've mentioned you might move back to Boise. I don't know if that's for Penny. I don't know if that's for me. But if it's for me, tell me now so that we can figure that out. So that was kind of a crazy moment in dating. So this is Valentine's Day. Yeah. February 14th. Yep. So we didn't been divorced that long. What were you doing that Valentine's Day, Steve? <sighs> <laughs> do you remember? I do remember. <laughs> yes. Do I'm you so remember? Glad. No. I wanted to cook dinner for Sebastian. Oh gosh. 
which is not a thing I do cooking dinner. <laughs> you cook hot cheese, mac and cheese. But I, this part kind of mortifies me. Like, Sebastian was a good cook. He was a good cook. That's not what mortifies me, though, is the only reason I remember this is because I was going back through emails, kind of piecing together a timeline and stuff, mostly of Sebastian stuff. But I have an email from you. You you were giving me a recipe. You were talking me through what to cook. Yep. <laughs> but the, it's an email called something like dinner for my boy and his boy. <laughs> what? That's what your email was called. Nice. That is and so it was just like, funny. hey, here are some good options of what you might want to cook for Sebastian. <laughs> what were they? Do you remember this, Jess? I don't remember. The recipes? Why does that yeah. matter? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just looking for some details here. I think it ended up being, I know there was asparagus. And Oh, I, know, I do remember that, actually. Because you remember, remember the smell? The smell. <laughs> when you pee. Gross. Asparagus pee. Y'all are gross. Y'all are gross. It's okay, just so finish, a finish your story. Fact. That's the end of the story. You don't That's remember it? actually making I don't dinner? remember the actual Valentine's dinner or how the night went or anything. I just remember that <laughs> you were the one who gave me the recipe, Jessica, in that an email so entitled Dinner for My Boy funny. and His Boy. <laughs> All right. This is the other thing is I was thinking about, and this was probably, I don't know if it was wrong or not, but it was very much, I dated and was very open about where I was at with Steve and what I'd been through and all of these things because I felt like this was the past seven years of my life. Right. And it's not like I can't leave Steve out of who I who I was. Does that make sense? Of course it makes sense because you have a child with Steve. Yes. And so it's like all of these experiences that have formed me up to this point were really, I mean, yes, my childhood and all of that, but the most present are the ones right then of... I've been through this whole relationship with my ex-husband. I have a kid with him. I have a kid. Like, these are the things I talk about. And I remember some guys really struggled with that. And I just didn't care. If they had issues with it, I was like, all right, done. And not like that I tried to talk about. I I tried to make a point to not talk about Steve most of the time. But it was if they asked questions about different things. You I were just, transparent with them. Just transparent. And... um. So that was like a good indicator to of like where guys were at, probably in their confidence, I feel like, is if they were okay hearing things and knowing that I still talk to Steve and whatever, that was somebody I could actually date. And if they weren't okay with that, it was like, we're done. I remember you basically ending something with someone because his response to that was something along the lines of, man, if I ever see that guy, I'm going to freaking punch him in the face. Yeah. Talking about me uh-huh. and what I had done to you and how I'd hurt you. Yeah. And you were just like, dude, you don't understand. Yeah. You're, you're, you're fired. You're fired. <laughs> fired. <laughs> no, but that, that's a childish response. Yeah. Yeah. And I understood like some guys were being protective and there could have been a point that that might have been an okay response but like the points we were at in the relationship, it wasn't like it didn't come off as defensive. It came off as childish or so that was something to. I, d- I just appreciated that you. You knew that whoever you were going to end up with needed to be someone that was you wanted them to be someone that was OK with me being around. Basically. Yeah. And I have to give kudos to the guys that did stick around because I know I probably wasn't 
I mean, I was easy today in lots of ways, but at the same time, I'm sure that's a lot to take on. Like I've got a kid. I have a good relationship with my ex-husband. Guys who don't turn and run from that. And you were, you were also super gung-ho about, let's do this. Let's move this thing forward. Come on. I mean, a guy who you didn't hear from for a couple of days was eliminated from the running. Fired. I just needed, I just wanted to know that I was of importance because I knew that's what I wanted. And if they weren't going to make me a priority at all, then it wasn't worth my time. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I hung around with a lot of those guys, even though I didn't feel like I was a priority for a while, just giving them a chance. Mm-hmm. So this, this guy that you were on this Valentine's date with went to a French restaurant, drove up to Bogus, makeout session. Like you felt that here's a guy who makes you feel worthwhile. Yeah. And so you then proceed to text Steve. And this was all via text? It's funny because Steve remembers it as a phone call. And I remember it, sending him a text that night. And honestly, we Skyped a ton. I literally think it was a Skype message that I sent, but I don't know, of saying, hey, this is where I'm at. I know you have mentioned, like I said, coming home to Boise. I feel like that might be for me. I don't know if it is. If it is, do it now because I'm going to fall in love with somebody else. I will. It was basically you saying, hey, if you have any intention of exploring any possibility of patching things up with me, do it. That door is closing. Yeah. Yeah. And it is so interesting to me because (laughs) when you're married, ideally when you're married, it's like something shuts off where you don't notice guys checking you out or things like that. Like you don't, occasionally you do, but you don't like, engage in that or like keep eye contact or different things that (laughs) show people you're interested or available. And that instantly, for me, it was like a switch of like, oh my gosh, guys still notice me. (laughs) That's fun. Like it's a fun thing. And so that's, you can fall in love with somebody else very quickly when you open that door back up. And that's what I was expressing. Okay, so Steve, what was your reaction to this conversation? Hyperventilation. <laughs> really? <laughs> Said when he practically got it, he had to when pull When I got over. the text or the call or the whatever it was, I remember I was driving, you know, didn't we talk about this on one of the episodes? I feel like I've told this story. But I was driving and just had to like pull over because I just, just like made my head spin. I was just like, oh my gosh, this is... This is really happening. Yeah. And even though I had moved on, I mean, I was clearly in the way of, I was in a relationship with Sebastian. I just was mortified at the thought of that door closing. Like I still was so torn and so, like I missed you so much and I was still so upset about. So there were still feelings there. There were definitely still feelings. And I, you know, I hated myself for having given up on our marriage and given up on the life we had built. And so here's, here's the thing that like, I, trying to explain like kind of what Jessica's explained to like actions, like the actions are an easier way to move on than Than the actual feelings. Than the actual feelings. Is that valid? Yeah, for me, it definitely was. And it was so strange how life was so good when I was with Sebastian, like actually physically with him. In fact, I did find several journal entries and a couple letters and things that relate to this that kind of made me think back to this recently. But 
it was like it was so incredible when I was in his arms, when I was with him, when we were together. Just the most amazing experience to finally feel fulfilled on that, like that part of myself that I had shut away for so long and never even acted on. Yeah, so that was incredible and just so euphoric. But when I wasn't with him, it was just night and day. It was just, I was an absolute mess and just hardly even functional at work and just in day-to-day life. I just was an emotional wreck and just so distraught over Penny and Jessica moving away and Jessica and I, you know, our divorce and where I stood with the church and my family and whatever. I just was an absolute mess. So it was a complete emotional roller coaster from day to day when I was with Sebastian versus the rest of the time when I wasn't with him. And so, you know, at this point. Did you feel like when you were with Sebastian, like you were having to like hide some emotions or keep them suppressed or? He actually sent me an email since he started listening to the podcast where he said he was surprised to hear. I don't know exactly how he worded it, but implied that he was surprised to hear how hard things were for me during that time because all he saw all i let him see was a side of me that was so content and so happy with him but he didn't see when i you know when i was an absolute disaster on the flip side every once in a while he would but obviously i tried to not let him see that i didn't want to be the disaster of a partner who's still heartbroken over his ex-wife and i didn't let that side of myself show very much i'm sure so but it was just Absolute extreme emotions on both ends of the spectrum. Extreme emotions of fulfillment and happiness with him, and then extreme depression and sadness. And how, how would you say your performance at work was? Were there any repercussions from maybe the lack thereof? I never really, I never really fit in in Oklahoma City at all. And it's funny of any job I've had, I like that was the one where I just I never connected with the staff. I never really felt like I was making headway there. Part of that was it was my first job as a general manager. I didn't know what the heck I was doing. The hotel was like a distraught property. It just needed a lot. And so I struggled with just that anyway. But I think emotionally, I was just such a mess. And you know, I wasn't out to most of these people. I finally did come out to, I think it was my assistant general manager and my director of sales that are like my right-hand people. I don't know if I willingly shared this information or if it just like, I think I kind of like got cornered and they're just like, hey, what's going on with you? Are you okay? And I told them it was when Jessica was moving away and I was, you know, a total mess over that. And so they, anyway, they, it was clear that it was, you know, it was visibly emotional and a hot mess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and I told that story about my poor regional manager and breaking down and crying in my office to her that day. But yeah. Okay, and actually, actually, I think this text I sent you was a couple weeks after Valentine's Day. I remember, I think, the initial feeling of, oh my gosh, yes. I could be falling in love. Because I do know I spent my birthday with the same guy, which is at the end of March. And at that point, like, I was just, yeah. I know it it wasn't very long between when you sent that text and when... You moved back. I moved back and broke up with Sebastian, because I just... But ultimately, getting back to answer that question, Matt, of what was my response to that conversation with Jessica, it was, I'm not ready to, I can't stand the thought of her moving on. And I want to try again. I couldn't say that I had done 
everything I possibly could. Like there was still a part of me that just doubted, was this the right decision for me? Should I have tried harder? Should I have, you know, could I have done more to make this marriage work and for me to, you know, not engage this gay side of myself? Could I have been stronger in the church, et cetera, et cetera? All these thoughts of could I make this work still? And so you saw this sliver of a crack of this door open. Yeah. And I, what was the next step? I don't know what happened between these occurrences. Maybe you do, Jessica. This is like a weird little timeline here in this, when this crack, this door opens back up. Because, this, so this poor guy that I'm dating, I tell him, like after you and I have this conversation, I say, hey. Can you tell me the name of this person just so I have an idea? Like, Let's call him Jared. <laughs> so... Jared and I are dating and I mean, I was gung ho, but at the same time, I remember he was, we had set up times to go meet my parents several times since we started dating. Like we were going to go to dinner with my parents, which for me was no big deal. But every time we canceled, like something happened and I was like, oh, bummer, we can't do it. Like instantly jumped on any chance to cancel that, him meeting my parents. And so- Was that a coincidence or was that- I was going to ask, was that the universe canceling on that or was that him? Jared was, no, Jared said it was me. He's like, I really don't think you're ready for this. Like every time it's supposed to happen, something happens. And which it very well could have been that I was like, maybe I am a little more freaked out. Maybe I need more time. Yeah. And I ended things with him a few times. And then this time after Steve and I had this conversation of, hey, do you want to move back? Or this is what I'm feeling. Let me know if you're moving, if you're interested in moving back. And Steve called me the next morning or as soon as he got the text or whatever. We had this conversation of, he said, I am moving back. I've been looking into jobs there in Boise and I wanted to wait until I had a job to tell you. And I was like, screw the job. Like who cares about a job? We can figure that out. If you are wanting to make this work, you need to leave Sebastian And we need to like be serious about this and try to make it work. And so Steve, like within a couple of days, quit his job. And within hours of quitting his job, a position came open in Boise with his same management company. And they called him back and transferred him. Yeah. I'd forgotten that little... It was a little miracle. miracle. (laughs) It was a miracle. It was absolutely amazing. Do you know what's even more of a miracle about that, though, is it was 100% the perfect position for me. It was. With the perfect manager. And I am still there. Eight years later, I left once and came back. And it's, you know, there's been several promotions, but I still am with that same company reporting to that same manager. Under the same manager. That's awesome. We'll get more into that later down the story, but it was right where I needed to be. It was perfect. So this is when it gets a little weird, though, is Penny was, we had plane tickets for Penny to fly out to visit like the next week. So she was going for two weeks to stay with Steve and Sebastian. And Which we had arranged. You know, we had arranged and Steve's like, like literally, it must have been within a day or two, something. It was close. You must have been coming to Boise and then leaving. Yeah, because we like, I was coming to Boise yeah. and taking Penny back with me. Yeah. So we decided to just let that be. So Steve comes and takes Penny back. And then the, the rest of the plan there that we'd had in place for months was that, <laughs> Jessica, you were going to fly down. To take Penny home. Yeah. Back to Boise. 
and not just a quick pick her up and go, but you were going to stay for a little bit. And I don't remember if that I was... I stayed for two or three days. Yeah, I don't remember if that was because of flights or if it was because no. of like our plans to like, I hey, wanted let's... to come stay with Steve and Sebastian and hang out with them. What? But we'd made all these plans before Steve decided he was going to break up with Sebastian and move home to <laughs> Boise. So Penny goes, he's like, I can't break up, break up with him right now. Like, it's too much drama. So we just stuck with the plan. I flew out there <laughs> and slept in their living room for three nights. On the beanbag. On the beanbag. <laughs> knowing that Steve and Sebastian are going to break up as soon as I leave. It was like the weirdest, most surreal weekend ever. What did we do for like, those three days? I don't even know. Did we do know. stuff together? Like, was I still going to work? Was Sebastian? I have no idea. Did we like... I remember going to sleep at night just laying on that beanbag thinking, this is so bizarre. But we were doing <laughs> dinners and whatever. Yeah, dinner together. He made whatever. us... Sebastian made us dinner. He made us those cheese ball things, the bread. Pajikej. Oh, so good. Yeah. And like collard greens and all this stuff that I had never eaten and it was amazing. So he cooked a, a Brazilian meal. Brazilian meal. And that was my favorite Brazilian yeah. meal. He, would he and Penny made it together. Mm. Like just totally. <laughs> and then I fly home. Steve ends things and moves into like this temporary housing until he can like till he's officially done with his job. And I flew back down and Steve and I drove home to Boise together. We packed up his truck. <laughs> yeah, I sold my car, bought a dumpy old truck and a flatbed trailer. Yep. And I said, whatever doesn't fit in this truck and trailer, stay in here. And we drove home beanbag together. Beanbag didn't make it. Beanbag didn't make beanbag. it. That was the end of the beanbag. Yeah, I sold it to one of my <laughs> friends down there who wanted it in their place. Well, that car ride was pretty funny, too. I remember, so we... Just got hotels along the way. Like there was no plan. We were just driving as much as we felt like. And then we'd get a hotel. And we're, I mean, we're not married. And my standards are that if you're married, you are not sleeping together. If you're not married, you're not, <laughs> if you're not married. Thank you, said, you. If you're not married, I don't know what I said. You said if you're married, you're not sleeping together. <laughs> that is not true. <laughs> true in lots of marriages. Oh, this is so sad. <laughs> That is not true. Yes. So we are not married. We are not sleeping together. And so like everywhere had to have separate beds. And like <laughs> we locked our keys in the car at one place and had to have somebody like get into the car. And then we stayed at this soupy. I think this was the same night. A super dumpy hotel. Yeah. So trashy. But there was nowhere. We were in the middle of nowhere. We, and we yeah. were just tired. Once we locked the keys in the car, we were done. Do you remember what happened in this hotel room? What? <laughs> Do you remember the neighbors next door? No. For oh, like yes, yes, two yes. hours. Sex. Yes. We heard all the going sex. at it so loud. <laughs> For two hours. So loud. I swear it was that long. I'm sure it was not. But oh my gosh. And Steve and I are sitting there laying in separate beds. This sounds like I a scene <laughs> off a sitcom, like <laughs> yeah. off, something was off of Shit's so Creek. so or... ridiculous. And I'm just like, this is the worst thing ever. Because we can't even like throw mud back. No, we can't like create a challenge yeah, here we, or anything. We were not ready to do that anyway. <laughs> no, we, we were not ready to do that anyways. Like that was not, we were not in a good place to 
cross any of those lines. <laughs> so Steve finally gets ticked and calls the front office and he's like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> They've been loud for, it must have been quite a while for you to have called. And he was just so ticked off, called the front desk and they did stop shortly after that. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I have to make those calls now and again now at the hotel and tell for work people to stop and call and say, hey, calling down from the front desk here. We're very happy for you that you guys are having such an incredible <laughs> night. Your neighbors, however, are not quite as happy about it. You really need to keep it down. <laughs> You've got this phone call pretty down. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. That is a good way to say mm -hmm. it. We are so happy for you. <laughs> oh, that was just such a... I remember that was a funny moment driving home. At the time, it wasn't. We were in the... Oh, it was so gross. The hotel was so gross. And then to have that added on it, it was just like, this is the worst. So we drive home. Steve gets a tiny apartment <laughs> pretty close to me. This is about how, the time how, we meet. How were the discussions on this drive? Because that's a long drive. It's, yeah, it's funny to me that you've, it's funny to me how much you've skipped over now. Yeah. <laughs> like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Questions that I really over. wasn't excited about you asking me anyway, but. <laughs> no. I, I thought you would. Like what, Steve? The drive home, like from Oklahoma to Boise, like, sure, don't be a hotel, but that's not the whole story. Like, what were these conversations in this long car ride home? What were they like? I don't even Silence. remember. I don't, I don't remember specifically what we talked about. I just remember my mindset in that whole time frame of, like, the two weeks that I was living in a, I think it was two weeks, week and a half, whatever, living in a hotel before I moved back because I was finishing out my notice at work, but I had moved out of the place Sebastian and I were living. Which the place that you and Sebastian were living, was that the original place that you and Jessica yeah, signed so a lease? Yeah, he took over our yeah. lease. Wow. So Jessica and I moved in. Jessica moved out. He moved in. I moved out. He took over the lease. Everybody follow that? <laughs> <laughs> so, like, and I recognize that you're probably not going to remember, like, specific conversations. But what was the general feeling? Because those... I was terrified. <laughs> I was... So incredibly grateful that we had this chance, that you were giving me another chance and that we were going to try again. We were, we were going to date. I was getting a separate place. We were going to... When was that determined? Sometime between... Well, during the decision was it, of... Was it the decision of moving back to Boise? Of that's when it was determined that we're going to go ahead and give a go? Yes. Yeah. Okay. That's mm -hmm. why I was moving back. That's to Boise. why I was moving back. That was the main was reason. Not, okay. I was well, I just, I just know that there was like this miracle of a job, like... If that yeah. was part no, of it. it was the whole reason for moving back was we were not over each other and to date again. And we wanted to date again. We wanted, like Steve said, to be able to say we've done everything we can. And honestly, since then, I've heard so many people who regret leaving their spouse. And it's like, I wish I'd tried harder. I wish I'd done this. I should have tried this. I should have recognized more of my hand in the divorce. And I didn't want that to be us. Like, yeah. I didn't want to have any regrets. regrets. I'm sure my family was freaking out. Yeah. They okay. were good about it, but I am sure. Well, maybe that should be the next podcast in review. They were freaking out. Jessica's I, parents. I do want to get your parents on here sometimes. So. <laughs> Somebody asked if we'd have my dad I on. I <laughs> feel like they have so much to offer. For sure. They're not home until the end of January. Yeah, so. Jessica, what were your feelings on this car ride home? Steve I, was feeling terrified. Yeah. But Steve, at the well, same time, were I, you feeling like hope? I was 
I was terrified. All right, here's what I felt, and I have a lot of journal entries around this because I felt like this was like the biggest leap of faith for me or like stepping into the dark or whatever, of like stepping into the unknown because I just had no idea how I was going to do this. I just had no, absolutely no plan, no idea, and I hate to say it, but very little hope of how I was going to make this work and how I was going to shove this part of myself back in the closet and how I was gonna ever going yeah. to get back on a path that if I couldn't even have kept myself on it initially, how am I now going to get back on it now that I have felt what it's like to be with a man? Yeah, and but it was me saying, and this was you know, this was me putting every last bit of faith and hope and trust that I had in God, and saying, I feel like this is what you want me to do. It's what I want for myself. I just have no idea. Absolutely no idea how to make it happen, and I am, but I'm putting 100% of my trust in you that this is the right thing to do, and I'm doing it. And I was just absolutely terrified that I knew what I wanted to happen, but I couldn't hardly even picture it happening or know how to make it happen, but I trusted that it was the right thing to do, and I moved forward with that. And I think coming from my end of things, like I remember being, it was an emotionally heavy time still. Like, I feel like that just didn't end for quite a while from the yeah. divorce. Like, just so things were heavy. It felt like a lot. And so being very aware of what I committed to and how much I committed to, for me, was really a big thing that I had to be aware of during that time. And the drive home, I think going into that, I felt like, what have I got to lose? We're already divorced. What's another six months? Either way, like if we could make things work, that would be amazing. If not, I'm in the same spot I am now and it doesn't really make a difference. But I remember just thinking, this is somebody that I committed to be with forever, who I've had a child with. Why would I not put in every effort that I can to try and make it work? And we'll go from there. Like if it doesn't, then it doesn't. So Steve moved home the end of March beginning of April. It was funny to me how I still felt very much the way I had felt during that time frame with Sebastian, away from Jessica, but it just flipped. You know, I now was in a good place when I was, like... In the presence of Jessica. Yeah. But, but when away from Jessica... An absolute disaster and just... So it was like a 180 I, I, flip. Of, yeah. And I recognize that. And I seriously just felt like I am... I'm half a person. I was half a person in Oklahoma, and now I'm a half a person here. And I just, I am the other half of that person. And, and I seriously, it was a really dark. That's a rough time. It was so rough to think that I will never be a full, person. a full person. That I am only going to get like half of a life here, and the other half is dark, shoved away, and dark, and. And I that's, think, a, that's a bad way to look at it, but that's no, how but I no, looked at it. But that's reality for a lot of people, it I was, think. And it was crushing. Yes, of not knowing how to be their whole selves. Like, I think so many people struggle with knowing and loving themselves completely. Mm -hmm. I mean, I knew that's where you were at. And what yeah. you had always struggled with yeah. is finding how do I love who I am exactly as I am. So I think that was... You know, and I, I wasn't over Sebastian. No. It was it was very much the same. It seriously felt like the same experience twice. Just 
on opposite ends because Jessica, you and I didn't get divorced and split up because I didn't love you. Yeah. It's just that it wasn't the right path and there was this other side of myself. And then with Sebastian, he and I didn't break up because I didn't love him. I loved him very much and I was happy with him. I just, you know, as as described, I was that half of me was happy with him. Yeah. But we had to break up because it wasn't the right path for us. And there was something else, this other side of my life that I needed to explore. It, just, it felt like the exact same scenario. And you had just, to figure something else. And in both right. of those cases, I was left heartbroken on one side and shoving feelings away and trying to move past them. And on the other side, you know, trying to, at this point, rekindle something and like fix our marriage that I had so wrecked. But it, it was... Steve, so I have a question for you. Like... Mm-hmm. At this point in time in, in your life, like right now, like do you ever still feel like there's some parts that you're not whole? No. No? No. I don't. That's good. Yeah. It took a long time to get to that point, but I very much feel like I am I'm I'm a whole person. <laughs> <laughs> I have I have a lot of different sides of my life and it's funny how they all that together, but they very much do. Yeah. Okay, Jessica. So back to the timeline. You broke up with Jared. Yeah. How was that? It was fine. How I did mean, that he go? he kept showing up. He was there up until the day before I left to go fly out and drive home with Steve, and basically told me, <laughs> he's like, you know, some of my friends had told him that he should just propose to me, like. <laughs> And I'm like, no, because, but he's like, I want you to know, like. He shared this with you? Yeah. Okay. Like, this is how serious I am at this point. And, but he knew I wasn't in a place where I could commit to that. And that's why he was like, you guys are crazy. Like, that's not what (laughs) needs to happen right now. But he also expressed to me that he would, if that was something I wanted. So yeah, we ended things and. I think he basically said, like. I'm not going anywhere, but I'm giving you the time to... To figure this out. Figure this out. With that your... is basically and what I, And me. I, at least the message I received is that I really appreciated the fact that this guy, who I didn't know, I'd met him, I think, but I appreciated the fact that he kind of had said, if there's any chance of a husband and wife and parents working through this, yeah. that's what should happen. Yeah. yeah. And Which he, is what he simple. recognized and respected that. And yeah. Sort of, you know, basically was supportive of you giving it another go. Yeah. But at the same time, of course, you're saying was like, hey, if and when it doesn't work out. Let me know. Give me a call. Yeah. And he still showed up occasionally when Steve and I were dating. And Steve, was this how Sebastian reacted as well? Sebastian was, for the most part, yeah, supportive of, understood. But it was a really rough last 24 hours together. Was, he actually, he, he's, he was pretty, very understanding of me wanting to try again with Jessica and be near Penny, but he, when I actually then immediately moved out, he took that really hard because even though I wasn't leaving Oklahoma for two more weeks because I was finishing out my job, the fact that I was cutting ties with him, I think he took that really hard and made it, I mean, it was basically sending a message to him of you're a bad influence, you're negative, you're this evil thing in my life and I have to get away from you. And I, I, I'm putting, I shouldn't put words in his mouth there. No, but that's, that's might've been how it felt. Yeah. And he took that really hard and it was, it was really rough 
24 hours of me moving out of the house. But that was something that Steve and I had discussed. Like, listen, if you're really serious about this, you have to end this relationship and like not just stay living there. Like you need to move out because I needed to feel like we were really going into this with some hope of possibly making it work. And And the actions had to show that. And that was something Steve did to show me that. That was so hard to do. It was stupid looking back to think that I could have stayed and like spent the next two weeks with him. Like, I mean, of course that's not what you do when you're about to go try again with your ex-wife. But I, that was an incredibly difficult decision to make. It took you a little while to like really move out. And it took some prodding. Yes, it did. (laughs) From you and from my parents and from a few other people that are like, hey, if you're trying again with Jessica, get out of there, end that relationship. Yeah. But it was just so hard to do. All right. Yeah. I think this is a good stopping point. Yes. But I want to also like, because there's a bunch of questions still, because now this is the beginnings of Steve and Jessica dating again. And I want to get into that again next time we record. All right. But can you guys like, again, look at your journal entries? Yeah. And yeah. We'll actually dive into those before we record next time. Cool. Okay. All right. The pit. The pit. The pit. What's the pit? Our old journal entries. (laughs) Not terribly. It's not terribly pleasant to go. I don't. They're not uplifting. Sometimes. Sometimes you journal? Yeah. Sometimes just on my phone, I write stuff. Jessica, do you still journal? Occasionally. Not like I used to. I used to journal almost every single day. I do have a fair amount of journal entries from this. I do. From the next six months, from this point to the next six months. I have perfect. I don't have very many journal entries. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) I don't journal now, but I do a podcast. (laughs) It's kind of like journaling. (laughs) Does that count? Yeah. I was thinking the other day, our daughter is going to have this record of probably more information Infor- than she, than she ever will ever want to know, know. <laughs> it's funny how little interest she has in it like she knows all about oh, it oh but... i think as she gets older the interest oh will i'm sure it will but right now <laughs> she's just like eh. i don't care what you guys talk about i don't want to know well good because we're not letting her listen <laughs> i just want to watch so. harry potter <laughs> <laughs> that's all she cares about right. all right till next week All right, you guys, thanks for listening. Here at Husband-in-Law and The Bold Logic, we believe that there are six values that can really make your relationship amazing and take it to the next level. Those values are love, appreciation, acceptance, kindness, respect, and understanding. Today, I wanted to give you guys a challenge for appreciation. We want you guys to go and let somebody know that they are appreciated today. That can be as simple as sending a text, writing a letter, making a phone call. Maybe you pick up something special for them at the grocery store. Just something small to let them know that you're thinking about them and you appreciate what they're doing. We've encouraged you to do this before and we are going to extend this challenge again. Go do it today. A little appreciation goes a long way.